This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. This week we're here for a special episode of Sports and Corks, where we pretty much will focus exclusively on dating. I'm Emily Jaranka. I'm Emily Cornell. And we have a special guest this week. Colin, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Colin Jarenka. Uh, I'm Emily Jarenka's brother, and uh, I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, we brought Colin on because we felt like we probably needed a male perspective for this episode. And um, who better to talk dating with than your brother, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sound logic. Yeah. So, uh I believe Emily Cornell has a couple of stories to start us off with. And then after that, we'll get into some red flag deal breaker hypotheticals that we'll all kind of uh, discuss our feelings on. As most people know, I lived in Wyoming. And so two different guy friends have told me about times that women have brought guns on dates with them. Women? One of my guys. Yeah, (laughs) women. Women have brought guns on the dates. Not where I thought that was going. <laughs> I don't usually, when they start the story, so the first friend who this has happened to, he went on a date with a girl from his church. <laughs> and she had the gun concealed. Then they like go, they get like dinner or whatever. And then they're about to go to a movie and she takes the gun out. And she's like, I guess I don't need this. And he like freaked out. He was like, you had like a gun this entire time like concealed and she's like yeah and he's like what are you afraid of and she's like it's in case you tried something oh hmm. okay, <laughs> yeah okay. and these are people who like knew each other not just like oh hey you're cute i want to go on a date with you like they had known each other months they had hung out in groups together they had friends that like had vetted each other she still brought the gun on the date that seems a bit extreme, but I don't know. I guess it is Wyoming. I I guess. I don't even know. And then the other one, um, my friend, he had gone on a date with, and it was a Tinder date. So, like, they go to this coffee shop in Laramie called Coal Creek where, like, everyone goes. Like, it is a brewery and a coffee shop. So, like, everyone and their mom's there. And she's like, oh, yeah, I brought a gun. And he's like, um, what? <laughs> he didn't get go on another date with her um, <laughs> for good reason, right? Like, that seems, I, I mean, like, as a woman, like, I understand you want to protect yourself. But, like, if you're in a public place, my goodness, what are you scared of? Well, the first girl, you said that, like, you know, the they had known each other and... They had each other's friends, like, vet the other person. What kind of friends does she have if she still feels like she needs to bring a gun on this <laughs> date? Like, I mean, I, I thought, shouldn't you trust what your friends have to say about this guy? I don't know. 
And like they were both from different small towns. Like she was from a small town in Wyoming and he was from Preston, Idaho. So like (laughs) (laughs) the land of Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. The friend he was like, oh, yeah, when they shot that movie, it was like an optional day to come to class. And I decided not to come to school. And then I realized they shot Napoleon Dynamite. So he could have been an extra. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, missed out. He did. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. (laughs) It was the only thing I could think of that was pertinent, I guess. I'm sure there's other phrases from that movie that would have made more sense, but... I thought that, that was one great. Yeah. I, that one was really good. Cool. <laughs> and then um, the other story that someone had shared with me is it was another, like, I think Bumble or Tinder date. And it was a one of my friends who's a woman. And this guy was like, oh, he was asking her about the shoes she was going to wear on the date. And she was like, oh, I think I'm going to wear sandals. Like, I don't know. Um, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they go to a movie. <laughs> and he... He's like, oh, do you want to take your sandals off? (laughs) (laughs) And and she's like, what? No, I'm good. Like, I'm comfortable. He's like, are you sure? (laughs) And then he takes off his shoes. What? Did he have socks on? Were they the only ones in the theater? (laughs) No. (laughs) And then he put his feet on her feet. Oh, Colin, you know I would slap you, silly. Colin used to do this thing when we were younger where he would, like, he knew I didn't like bare feet. And so he would, like, put his toe on, like, my leg or something just to freak me out. Oh. Ooh. (laughs) So this guy would have just completely had you running the other way. Out of the feeder, for sure. Kicking and screaming. (laughs) Okay, wait. The only time it would be acceptable for someone on a first date to ask, what kind of shoes are you going to wear, is if the activity made it so that you needed to wear a specific kind of shoe. You know, like if you're going, if you're going to be like walking around a bunch, like maybe he's planning on like taking you on a short hike or something. Maybe like if you're trying to kind of plan the date as a surprise in terms of what you're going to be doing on the date that's the only time i can think of where it would be appropriate to ask someone what kind of shoes they're going to wear i was i don't even know i you're you're correct that like that's the only appropriate time but like the fact that that didn't immediately like why are you wondering like we're going to a movie yeah so she she knew that they were going to a movie yeah i think they had planned on like going and seeing a movie and he still asked what kind of shoes she was going to wear. Yeah. And this was early on, right? Like probably first or second date. This was like a first date that I don't think got a second date. Why would you even go on the first one? I mean, I don't know when you're Yeesh. you're just like, oh, yeah, I met this person. I am going to give them a chance. Maybe they're worried about the weather or maybe they're like, oh, make sure you bring socks in case the movie goes well and we go bowling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, what happened after? You don't have to go into too much detail, but to keep the an- an- anonymity and on, I can't 
say that word. <laughs> I'm going to skip over that. Anonymity. Um, thank you. <laughs> so after this foot incident, how did things end with the date? Did she stay for the whole movie? Yeah, I think she stayed. And then they like parted ways and she never talked to him again. And she was like, she was like, you know, you have to acknowledge that you have a foot fetish. And he did not want to. It's very odd. But very it's a very odd. odd thing to to introduce on a pre-first date, even. Yep. <laughs> uh, interesting. That those are the those are the big stories that people had like shared um, that were not necessarily a red flag deal breaker situation. I was just going to share about the breakup cheesecake. Yes, a legendary <laughs> tale. <laughs> <laughs> I in high school was seeing someone and I didn't want to like just be like I don't want to date you anymore so I made them a cheesecake to like give them the cake and be like I don't want to see you anymore (laughs) and it's folks I feel like anytime you dump someone (laughs) give them a snack to focus on so you can like make your exit like as someone who's a big fan of the Irish goodbye (laughs) The cheesecake kind of enabled the Irish goodbye of a relationship. Yeah, it's a power move. <laughs> it didn't. I didn't think it was. I was just like, I just don't want to deal with this. <laughs> and now they, I think someone else broke up with that person like a couple months later, maybe a year later. And they're like, I didn't even get a cheesecake. <laughs> and I'm like, not everyone gets a cheesecake when they get broken up yeah, with. It's true. So this, my life advice to people: just give people baked goods. It's a thoughtful when you're dumping thoughtful them. power move. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, my question is: I mean, you know, is it a little bit of a pity cheesecake? Maybe the person didn't, didn't like that very much. I mean, personally, if I, you know, if that happened to me, I would, I would like to think I would appreciate the cheesecake because uh, it's one of the greatest desserts. But at the same time, it's like you're, you're patronizing me, you know? It's a pity cheesecake. I don't know. I guess I didn't see it as a pity cheesecake, <laughs> more of a distraction cheesecake. Well, and is a pity cheesecake even bad, you know? It's still a cheesecake. Yeah. Exactly. Then you don't have to go buy ice cream or whatever people eat when they're sad when they get broken up with. So true, yeah. It was there right there. Instant. Uh, and with that, we'll get into some red flag deal breakers. So these are scenarios that have either come up in our lives or uh, people sent in thank you for sending those in or just kind of things that have come up in conversation with friends so the first one we'll just kind of each give our take on each of these red flag deal breakers so the first one is they have the same first name as your sibling (laughs) so this has happened before i did not think at the time that it was really a red flag or a deal breaker but now with hindsight, I would definitely say it's a deal breaker. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah. Well, <laughs> go ahead, um, Colin. I also think it's a deal breaker. Uh, in I don't know. In principle, I, I try and stay away from potentially seeing anyone that has the same name as my sister or my mom. Uh, I think both are equally just kind of strange. Um <laughs> I don't really have a good reason as to why I feel that way. It's just like, it's tough to get like the mental block, I think, of them having the same first name as your sibling or your parent out of your mind. Um, So I guess that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, I 
I mean, if someone did have the same first name as my sister, I'd have lots of questions <laughs> if I met a young man with the name Mia. True. Like you said about like someone with your mom's name. If someone had one of my like my dad or my stepfather's name, I'd be like, yikes, out. Like, can't do that. It's a deal breaker. And there's, like you said, Colin, there's not really a good reason for it. It's not like a weird reason. It's just strange. Right. It's kind of like the idea of naming, like when you think you have a name that you would like to name your kid and then you meet someone that you really don't like who has that name. It's just like, I can't do, I can't go there. So the next one is, is it a red flag or a deal breaker or none of the above? If they think, <laughs> if they think that the moon landing or other was the moon landing was faked or are super into other conspiracy theories. Um, what are your thoughts, Colin? <laughs> well, so I think, I guess I'll try and tackle the moon landing first. Um, <laughs> anyone who thinks the moon landing is fake uh, or questions the date of it happening, I think is slightly, more than slightly misinformed. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, just stab me in the heart. <laughs> I, uh, there are, I mean, aside from all of, you know, like, I can understand people questioning the the video of the moon landing. It was fake. It was in a Hollywood studio, you know, whatever you want to say. But the number of books that are out there that were written by people who, uh, I guess, were kind of more removed from the physical act of walking on the moon and were involved in all of like the uh, engineering and design of the systems that went to the moon. There's no way that a conspiracy theory would be that large and they would be able to put this so many details into books like this and have them all work out. You know, I don't have the time or like the interest to sit through all sift through all these books and find inaccuracies between people's stories, but if someone did, I'd be willing to spe- I would be I would be willing to stake like a year's salary on 90% of it lining up. And I don't think a conspiracy theory like the moon landing would be that accurate across that many information points. As far as other conspiracy theories are con- are concerned, <laughs> I'm open to listening to them. I don't necessarily think it's a deal breaker or a red flag if they're super into it. If they can prevent like concrete evidence as to why they believe there, believe that, then that's one thing. Um but I feel like most of the time, that isn't the case. I think I'd be out. <laughs> um, definitely for the moon landing one. I think it's a funny joke when I like ask people or like, I'm just like, what if it was faked? But like, as a joke, just to get the reaction, if someone genuinely was like, the moon landing was faked, I'd be like, I love nasa and air and space museums don't don't say that i love these things um i don't think it was faked so out on that but other conspiracy theories yeah it's interesting to hear them i it depends on how deep into them people are like if they just like i have a friend who talks about like the bird how birds are like here because of the government because you never see a bird born or like eating or like 
existing beyond just like sitting on the wire like sitting on uh <laughs> telephone wires and so that's how they charge and then they watch charge? It. Like, i think that's funny when they- <laughs> yeah. like, that's, a, that's a conspiracy theory that i've heard from someone and i'm like that's funny and they're like you don't believe it i'm like no because i studied right. science and like i mean i maybe it's true I don't think it's true. Like, I know how birds work. So, and then they, like, explain how they poop on my car. Does that mean they're, like, low on battery or something? (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe the battery is, like, malfunctioning. (laughs) Time to replace it. I'm just, now whenever I see birds on, like, a telephone wire. (laughs) (laughs) Questioning, questioning. I'm just going to be thinking of, uh, I'm like, ooh, what percent are they at? Um, that is really interesting. I have not heard that one. That one's pretty out there. I mean, there's obviously tons of theories about the government watching us, but I've never heard a bird one. I'm surprised you've not heard because like more than one per after the first person told me about it, like other people are like, oh, haven't you heard that conspiracy theory? And I'm like, no, maybe because like I grew up outside of Denver, well, like in Colorado Springs. So like everyone talked about the conspiracy theories of Denver International Airport, not about birds, birds being like <laughs> tools of the government wow. to watch us. Maybe next thing you know, they'll put up a giant bird statue right next to Lucifer, the horse at DIA. That's horrifying. Can we get the same about. evil eyes as well? Oh, of course. <laughs> have to be. Good, good. My opinion on this is probably a little bit different than either of yours. <laughs> uh, I think that a healthy amount of skepticism is good. But I think for me, it would just depend on the conspiracy theory and the, how deep they really are into it. Uh, if someone truly believed if someone was really a flat earther i would 100 percent be out uh if someone i don't know if someone was suspicious about the moon landing i would i would say that's fine but if you completely believe that the moon landing was faked i'd be out as well uh i don't know i just i i think it's fine for people to be interested in conspiracy theories and learning about them. But when people really get suckered in and start believing in several conspiracy theories is where I think it gets a little bit hairy. I would say that's more of a deal breaker as well. But I think that healthy skepticism is totally fine. I feel like I'm just describing myself right now. But <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't know. I it, it bugs me when people think that certain things are completely outlandish. I'm like, you don't think that the government hides things from people? It definitely but there's does. also <laughs> a big leap from like the government <laughs> hiding something to, you know, like potentially one of, at this point, like the greatest space achievement <laughs> that we have being one leap for man one leap yeah, for, or what you, is it oh my goodness <laughs> Something one, leap small, for no, one small <laughs> step for man one giant step for mankind there we go or one giant leap for mankind leap. i think it's leap Anyways. the second one is leap i think yeah okay <clears throat> so what it, what is the giant leap that you're referring to the moon landing <laughs> <laughs> it comes from emily 
No, I know that. I'm saying you were saying yeah. it's one thing to leap. Yeah. Okay. So the leap is from yeah. The leap is from the government hiding things to the government completely fabricating the greatest space achievement of all time. Some would argue that that's not the greatest space achievement of all time, but whatever. That's not, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what we're here for. No. All right. So we're kind of mixed on that one, it sounds like. To say uh, the least. To say the least. <laughs> for me, it's like a joke. Like my my immediate family, whenever there's anything about the moon, they're always like, ooh, Emily. I don't know. You you don't believe the moon landing happened. And then I'm always like, no, it's as a, I'm saying that as a joke, making yeah. the analogy of like, I think that the government hides things from people and that a healthy amount of skepticism is good. And then they're all like, no, you really believe the moon landing was faked. And I'm like, whatever, I can't, I can't, I can't defend myself right now. <sighs> so moving on to a whole another level of crazy. Red flag or deal breaker, they clap when a movie is over or when the plane lands. Where do you all sit with that one? I I think it's fine if they clap when the movie's over. I don't have a problem with that. Depend, you know, if it's a good movie, obviously, if it warrants clapping, then I'm okay with it. I physically have, I personally have never been on a plane when it has landed and then people clapped. I've never seen it in person, <laughs> but I do know that if I did see that, um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it reaches the level of a deal breaker, but it's a definite red flag for sure. But I don't. Deal breaker seems a bit strong for this one. I am with you on clapping when a movie is over. I'm trying to think of an example where I would not be okay with clapping. But if someone clapped at the end of the final movie in a series, like the last Harry Potter movie or something, totally warranted. Uh, if you're seeing trolls and you're clapping at the end, probably going to judge you for that. <laughs> what if you clap after uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? That isn't worthy of clapping. No, yeah, worthy of clapping. I would, I would say that's a pretty big red flag. Uh, I think that means you're a, a real super fan. And I don't mean enjoying the books and the movies. I mean, like, you wish you were a wizard and you are, were just waiting for your letter from Hogwarts. I feel like those are the kind of people that would have clapped at the end of the first Harry Potter movie. I'm out on that. Uh, in terms of the plan landing, like Colin, I've never witnessed it in person. I think that when people do it, it's more so as a joke now than being serious. Uh, if someone completely seriously clapped and then I asked them, what are you doing? And they said like, oh, I'm just, you know, letting the pilot and the crew know that they did a good job. I would be weirded out by that for sure. I think that would be a red flag, but yeah. not a deal breaker. I just would just say start questioning you. things. <laughs> or yeah, thank you. Thanks on your way out. That's the normal thing to do. Uh, <laughs> Emily, what do you think? Um, I would just not do anything with that person. I'd be like, we can't go to movies together if you're going to clap. Because at the end of a movie, I'm very like calm after sitting in a dark room. The last thing I want is it to be ruined by someone clapping. Wow. So that's a deal breaker then. It's not like a deal breaker. It's a we would go to very few movies together. Okay. 
And then for flying, I'd be like, we just can't sit near each other. I can't be associated with that. (laughs) We'd be flying Southwest all the time because I'd be like, I can't guarantee we'll sit next to each other. (laughs) Because to me, when someone claps at the end of a flight, and I have been on flights where people clap more than once. And I'm just like, why? Like, did you think you were going to die? Because like taking a flight is safer than driving. So you don't clap for the bus driver when they get you from downtown to your house. Why are you clapping for this pilot for doing their job? Like, yes, the right, the, the norm in this country is to thank the flight attendants and the pilot as you're walking off with your mouth by saying thank you, not by clapping. Uh, yeah, I, it's not a deal breaker. It's a red flag and we'd start doing things separately. I wonder if... Like flight attendants and um, pilots would find it offensive, like condescending, kind of. Um, if you clap, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, like, you don't think I can do this job? Basically, I don't know. I would, I would maybe think of it like that. There's some of that skepticism. Some of that skepticism. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just something I thought of as you were talking. I don't know if that's a real thing. I'll have to ask my pilot friends. Yeah, and I'll ask the flight attendants I know. Okay. Red flag or deal breaker. They talk to an ex regularly, at least, or once a week. We'll go with that. I think I'm okay with it, depending on like what their relationship is like and what their relationship was like when they were together. Like, if they were in, I don't know, like a 10-year relationship, like, I can kind of understand that like you might still be friends i don't know i've never been in this situation where i'm like oh i'm gonna justify like what you're doing but like i know people who like are good with like their ex-spouses and like their new spouse like gets along with the ex-spouse so like i think it's not a deal breaker but you just have to navigate those various relationships and like, I guess your role in them. Um, And then like that person, like, I guess if you're in the relationship with that person, you trust them to not hurt you when they're talking to their ex. I don't know. What about you all? Uh, I'm out. I, (laughs) I, I scored 80% turbulent on the Myers-Briggs personality <laughs> test. <laughs> so I just, I, again, the skepticism, I just wouldn't trust it. I would, I guess I've never kept in touch with an ex yeah. afterwards. And so I, it's hard for me to understand why someone would. Uh, again, everyone's experiences are different. But I think it's just like that comparing yourself to others thing. And I wouldn't want to be worried about that. I feel like as long as they're talking, I would be, I would be kind of confused as to why they needed that person to still be in their life or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's kind of cynical, but I just would feel uncomfortable with it, I think. Yeah. I get that. What about you, Colin? Um, I think it's I think it's a little bit of a red flag. I'd want to I need to do some investigating, you know, figure out more about like you guys talked about kind of what the 
nature of their relationship is. Because, I mean, I think you can still be friends uh, or at least, you know, cordial with um, your ex. Like, uh, and so I think if cordial, it's... If it's cordial is different than talking once a well, week, though. Agreed, agreed. And I think <laughs> even friends with them is more than talking once a week. Like that to me is like kind of a best friend level or they still have feelings for them. Mm-hmm. So I'd want to like really pin down what their motivation was and go from there. Not a deal breaker, but um, a red flag. Red flag or deal breaker. <laughs> they can't hold a conversation in person or over text. That's a deal breaker. Yeah, I think that one's pretty pretty clear cut doesn't shouldn't be to quote all the stupid rom-coms that discuss this shouldn't be forced you know ah Um, yes (laughs) (laughs) i that's just uncomfortable yes i in person over text like i will not text people back for days but like in person if you can't have a conversation in person like that's very concerning and if you're the other person in that relationship like you got to do all the heavy lifting when it comes to like just coming up with conversation topics or just like most likely talking in general like that i you know i haven't been in a situation like that but i feel like that would just get you would get tired of that really fast and it I feel like it would yeah. take a lot out of you. I don't know. <laughs> Emotionally draining. Yeah, yeah. And physically too. Mentally. <laughs> Mentally taxed. Need to drink a lot of water. Stay hydrated. Unless you're one hundred percent total extrovert, I think that's probably the only situation in which you would maybe enjoy this kind of a dynamic. But even then you would want to have like that like back and forth like you want to you want someone to engage with you and if they just like can't hold the conversation like an extrovert in all of their like energy cannot just like force a conversation if they like if no the other person is not engaged at all exactly. yeah it's exactly. true uh red flag or jailbreaker they want to discuss their feelings with you and instead of texting you about it or talking to you about it in person they send you an email has this happened yes <laughs> oh, oh <my> no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like the person was upset and i was just really f- caught off guard i think the reasoning was like just able to get all your thoughts out there whatever and it's not like an incredibly long text because email shows up differently than text you know like you can say a lot and it doesn't seem like a lot i don't know i get like how that would be therapeutic but i think this is a scenario where it's like you write a letter to a friend that you're upset with or whatever but then you never send it i think it's one of those things You know, maybe get your thoughts out on paper, let it just simmer for a little bit, and then focus on what you really want to discuss and bring it to the person in person. If it only happens one time, it's a red flag. But if every time (laughs) they have feelings and they have to write an email, I'm out because I'd be like, what? What are we doing? Like, this shouldn't be a job. I send emails for my job. Like, I don't send emails for my, like relationships you know they'd be signing off with regards period (laughs) yuck (laughs) for my last email (laughs) 
<laughs> that would be amazing. They send one and you just don't respond, and then they reply. <laughs> reply to their original one and just say, uh, "Per my last email, just wondering if dot dot dot." Do you have an update on this? Simpling <laughs> back. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to follow up. <laughs> Touch base. Touch base. It really bugs me that you don't respond to my text messages. Can we, <laughs> uh, what can we do to f- to uh, fix the situation? Yeah. Do you need anything from me, or is anything <laughs> on my? Am I holding this up in any way? <laughs> what 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 do you need from me in order to help this move forward? <laughs> like, can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If they do it once, I get, I get, I guess I, I kind of understand the reason and that it's therapeutic, uh, and sending a text that was 15 sentences long would make you seem extremely crazy. Uh, but one time, that's it. If it, if it happens multiple times, I'm out. For me, I don't know if I, if I necessarily care whether it comes as an email or a text but I think regardless of how it comes, if it is an email or a text, like you guys talked about, if it happens more than once, then we're going to have a problem because it's not something like, you know, if it's a, there's a big issue or something, it's, it's not something that can be solved over email or over text. <laughs> like you got to just talk that out in person. So if the first one came in an email, whatever, that's fine. Strange, but not, not necessarily a deal breaker or a red flag. <laughs> Wouldn't have been my choice, um, but, you know, to each their own. My boss sometimes will say, just, she'll say, get out of email land. So just, you know, call the person up to get a quick response uh, (laughs) when there's, you know, miscommunications or whatever. And I feel like this is one of those examples. Exactly. Get out of email land or get out of text land. (laughs) Talk about it in person. That's how you reply to their email. (laughs) (laughs) If this happens again. Get out of email land in all caps. <laughs> I don't think it will happen again, but it, it did happen one time. Uh, <laughs> kind of a odd situation. Red flag or deal breaker? You've been dating for a year and they won't meet your family or friends from college or from your hometown. Basically, they, won't, they, don't, they don't really want to meet your friends who don't live in the same city that the two of you do. They're leery about it. And they don't, they're leery about meeting your family. That's a deal breaker. I mean, if you've been dating for a year, you, I mean, at least I would hope you're, you know, pretty close with one another and you're pretty far along. And I mean, just like what you know about the other person. And so if you're at the point where, you know, they know a lot about you and they don't want to meet your friends, there's a good chance that they might like never want to meet them. And there's probably it's probably a sign that there are worse things to come for for the two of you. <laughs> I'd be surprised that they hadn't met any friends or family in that year. If they had like avoided it for the whole year, I'd be like, "Yikes! I don't think we can do this." Yeah, say they've they've met friends. Say you you both live in Austin. They've met friends of yours yeah. who live in Austin, but they don't really care to meet anyone in your family or friends who don't live in Austin. I go to yeah. Denver and they don't want to like go get dinner yeah. with you or go see yeah. my parents. Out. <laughs> Out. I'd be like, this is dude, we're doing this more than once a year. Right. Like this isn't just a 
once it, like it's happening a Get lot. Used to it. So no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you guys on that. Red flag or deal breaker. Their hobby is their personality. So if they're like, I'm really into CrossFit or I'm really into cross stitching, <laughs> whatever. I don't want to discriminate. I want people to feel victimized by me today or ever. So yeah, their hobby or they're like, oh, I am in a band. And like, that's all they talk about is like, ah, music, which like, yeah. Yeah. I live in Austin. So like everyone's <laughs> in a band. So basically what they talk about the majority of the time is their hobby yeah or like i guess for you in denver they're just like i really like the outdoors and breweries like they think that drinking beer and hiking in a mountain on the mountains is like their personality they don't like try to compensate in other ways by being like well-rounded individuals yeah that's if uh sports is the thing that they're talking about most of the time i'm probably okay with that but you need to be able to talk about other things just because I have that in common, I guess. But I don't know if you're super into CrossFit or if your favorite thing to do is hike 14ers and you talk about those things 60% of the time because I have zero interest in either of those things. It's probably not the match. <laughs> so I guess if it's something we have in common, I'm okay with it being a consistent topic of conversation. But that's that's probably it. Um, I think, I think it could be a good thing if they're, if it's like you guys kind of touched on, if it's the same hobby, then I think it's good. Uh, cause you immediately, especially like early on in the relationship, <clears throat> you have that, uh, immediate connection and you have a, something that you can bond over from, from day one. Uh, but I would hope like, as you know, you date them more and more, you find other, uh, common interests, and can kind of, you know, it, it branches out from just one thing. Because I don't, I mean, I don't really want to be with someone who really likes one thing a lot and that's it. <laughs> um, even if it's the same thing I do, just because, I mean, I don't want to talk about the same thing for, you know, 80% of the time or whatever. So I think if it's the same thing, it's it's good initially. But if they're, if that's the only thing, then it's uh, not a good sign. Part of me is like, oh, it'd be cool if like they like something that's very different from what I like because I could learn something new. But after I've learned about it, I'm like, all right, let's move on. So I would struggle in that point, like mm-hmm. with the personality. If they're like, oh, yeah, I really am into underwater basket weaving. OK, we've learned how to underwater basket weave. What else can we go do? Let's try throwing pottery. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm not willing to try anything new. I'd be like, all right, I'm out. Right. Yeah. Got to be able to try new things. Yeah. Yes. Red flag or deal breaker. They regularly watch true crime, true crime documentaries or regularly listen to true crime podcasts. My goodness. Yeah. Real, real smooth. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think this is a red flag or a deal breaker. I think the red flag or deal breaker might come from, how they how much they may talk about it afterwards and in what context or tone because it's one thing if you talk like oh yeah it was it was a super good series like i'd never thought about it from that point of view like so i'm watching like i really like mind hunter season one and i just Mm -hmm. started season two and it's a really good show like the cast is uh 
they did a really good job casting the show and it's a really interesting topic um about kind of like the world of serial killers and it's an angle that a lot of people one don't think about but also i feel like hasn't really been talked about before so i feel like if they're talking about more i guess about the show rather than the content of the show i think it's that's fine but as soon as they're like oh yeah like i'm fascinated by what this person did and the person that they're fascinated by is a serial killer like i think that's where you run into some trouble (laughs) and they're out there i'm sure you know as as creepy as it might be i was laughing because i so i assigned this red this is one that i thought of a red flag deal breaker uh and I assigned this one to Colin and then I realized as he was talking about it that he had kind of a situation with this, not him personally, but a friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was making me laugh. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about that, Colin, or are we not going to go into well, it? Well, no, I'll just like touch on it. I think yeah. if there's if there's an <laughs> obsession with a uh, specific serial killer or specific um crime person what are the exactly criminal Criminal. Criminal. they were a crime person (laughs) um then then that's also a red flag but um or actually probably a deal breaker um (laughs) but yeah like i said if it's more of more of like the context that it was presented in i think that's okay got it there's actually a podcast series about it's like why are people interested in consuming content about like bad things that happen basically specifically like true crime stuff and so it's kind of funny that there's a podcast about why there are podcasts on this topic (laughs) but it's really interesting it's like a bunch of psychology stuff uh emily what are your thoughts on this one it depends on what regularly means if they're just like always like they come home from work and they're like, let's watch a true crime documentary or like we're driving somewhere and they're like, let's listen to this podcast. I'll be like, no, like watching a true crime documentary for me is like a chicken watching like chopped. Like it just shouldn't be happening. (laughs) No. Wow. What a bleak uh, metaphor. (laughs) Yeah. Or simile, I should say. Oh, good job, Colin. Thank you, Mr. Search. <laughs> Shout out high school English teacher, John Search. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like cr- true crime stuff, like unless it's very, um, it's brightened a little bit. Um, I, it stresses me out to watch. That's fair. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, when you were talking about that, I was just picturing, you know, you come home and your boyfriend's like in the kitchen chopping carrots for chicken soup or something. <laughs> and he's got like cereal on the Bluetooth speaker or something. He's like, hi, how's your day? You're like just chopping carrots. Like, what? I'd be scared. <laughs> what? <laughs> be like, one, why are you in my house chopping things? And two, why are you listening to cereal? <laughs> when you were uh, saying it depends on how regularly, you know, if I... If I they want to watch a movie, true crime when they you know we go home or whatever, it just it made me think of like you walking in 
<laughs> and your boyfriend like cooking dinner for you, chopping up some stuff with a giant knife, and just like, how was your day? And like listening to cereal. <laughs> that would be really creepy. Uh, it would scare me, and I'd be like, I think, I think I'm done. I think I'm, I'm out. And they'd be like, for no good reason. <laughs> I'll remember to never do that. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the do not do list. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's for me. It's not even a red flag. Again, if you're if there's some sort of obsession with a particular person, then that's very odd. Mm-hmm. People yeah. who are obsessed with anything, I think, is like kind of odd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's just a there's a point where it's like, all right, you need to keep keep that to yourself. Like, no yeah. one needs to know that you would just die to meet Tom Brady, and you have. Your your phone screen is a picture of Tom Brady. Like that's weird. Like things that are on that level. Uh, I'm, I'm out. I think you described like every high school boy Patriots fan there. So yep. yep. <laughs> Which is probably good that you're eliminating one in high school who is a yeah. Patriots. So. Well, good, good. <laughs> Deal breaker or red flag? They won't hang out with groups made up exclusively of the opposite sex. So. I guess for me, uh, I wouldn't hang out with a group of like my girlfriend and a bunch of her girlfriends or a girl wouldn't hang out with a bunch of, or with her boyfriend and a bunch of her guy friends or his guy friends. Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys think? I think that's really weird. I think it just, if you're someone who feels that way, then you probably have, some intense religious <laughs> beliefs, I would guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It There's the people who believe that guys and girls can't be friends. I feel like are the people who would not be okay with hanging out in these types of settings. It's, I think it's like a control thing. I think that's why I'm not a fan of this. Well, I mean, I, cause this was mine and I, I originally meant like, even if your, your girlfriend or boyfriend is there, yeah. Like you won't like in the, and then me as like the other person, I'm like, Oh no, I don't want to go because it's just going to be a bunch of girls or a girl to say, Oh, I don't want to go. It's just going to be a bunch of guys. I think that's part of dating someone. <laughs> and, and I don't know why you wouldn't be able to enjoy yourself. I think it's part of just like being an adult is you should have friends of like both genders. Yeah. Um, and if you can't, hang out with like a group of exclusively one like that's just like a little odd and kind of indicative of like some insecurities one may have if they're like oh i can't hang out like i don't want to hang out with my boyfriend and like his guy friends like that but why like it's not a big deal same with like a guy hanging out with like his girlfriend and her friends yeah it's just kind of an odd thing yeah and it wasn't until like I moved to Texas where people were like, "Oh, you can't be like alone with someone's husband." And I'm like, <laughs> "Exactly. What? That's what I. That's you worded that a lot better. That's what I was trying to get to with the whole control religious thing." It's yeah, just, I'm like, that's a little, a little odd. Well, I didn't. I had no idea that was a thing. And then like one of my good friends I grew up with lives here, and I was like, "Is this like a thing you all have encountered?" Like, because I hang out with her and her husband, and she's like, "Yeah, but like you and her and." Like I will hang out with like her husband. She's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried if you're 
alone with each other. I'm like, well, I would hope not. Like, I'm not trying to do anything with your husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, we're just sitting here talking about LeBron James. Like, right. yeah, I don't I don't understand. So, yeah, it's very odd. Red flag or deal breaker? They know if it's cancer season <laughs> or the new moon or whatever it is. They are big into horoscopes. <laughs> like, is that a red flag or a deal breaker? They know if Mercury's in retrograde. There you go. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a deal breaker. That's I don't believe in it. You know, I'm I know that there's a lot of people out there that do good for them, but I don't think I could date someone that uh, that believed in it and and you know tried to pattern their life after whatever their horoscope said that day. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you know what your horoscope sign is, that is not a red flag or deal breaker to me at all. Agreed. Uh, but it's like Colin said, when you start living your life according to your horoscope, like, mm, sorry, can't go out this weekend. My horoscope says uh, I should stay I should, in it. And, yeah, uh, I should avoid social I, situations. Yeah. So, sorry. Sorry. We're going to have to stay in this weekend. No, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Emily? No, like I could, no, I'm surprised we did not meet more people like this in Boulder, but like, no, out on that. It's fine if like, like you said, if they like know their sign or whatever, but like, if people are like, oh, they're such a Aries or such a kid, like, and they mean it, I'm like, I can't build a life with you. So I'm out. Yeah. They ask you out while they're still in another relationship. Red flag or deal breaker. Deal breaker. Deal breaker. That person's an, an idiot. All right, moving on. They ask you to move closer to them after you go on a second date. Yeah, uh, one of my friends told me about this, and uh, wait, this was yours, Colin? Not, not uh, this did not personally happen no, to I me. No, I know, but, but you put I, this on our list. I did, yeah. Wow. Okay, I asked Emily if this happened to her, and she was like, "No way." No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know many of I don't, I don't know many of the details, but I know that they had gone on a second date, and uh, she was already talking about oh, you know, like oh, we should we should think about like moving closer together and and talking about like longer term plans after date number two. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this is where guys are afraid of commitment. I mean. Yeah, this this goes beyond that. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Oof, it's got to be a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, I, we really hit it off," but you know, this person lives in Boulder and I live in Denver. That's 45 minutes without traffic. It'd be. I wish we lived closer to each other. If you're thinking that, that's fine. Keep it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's like, ooh, you know, I'd be more interested in this person if we lived closer together. That's like a normal thought to have. Right. But you don't tell someone that you should live closer to each other after a second date. No, that's a huge topic. And I mean, (laughs) (laughs) after date number two, like you you probably don't even know like their parents' names, right? There's a good chance that you don't know that. So, right. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe that was a real scenario. Is it a red flag or is it a deal breaker if they are a picky eater? 
Um, I think it's a red flag. It's not a deal breaker because, like, if it doesn't stop me from going and eating where I want to eat or eating what I want to eat in general, um, I don't really care. Like, more for me. <laughs> if they're like, I don't like sushi, I'll be like, that's cool. You can eat some rice and I'll eat some sushi. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, but if they, if it impacts, like, how I'm living my life, they're like, oh, I, like, I only eat X, Y, and Z. And so we can only go to restaurants like this. I'd be like, ah, I'm out. Yeah. I think for me, if they're a really picky eater, it's a very strong red flag because if you think about cooking together, that's going to be challenging. Also, I probably would be kind of embarrassed going out to eat with them if all they would ever order was like a cheeseburger. Uh, Because I feel like people notice, you know, if you... Like, my family would definitely notice that. They're like, why don't this, why does this person only ever eat, like, chicken strips or a burger? I'd think that was, I would feel weird about it, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it just goes to your sense of adventure to make yeah. that leap. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah, have to I try don't know. foods, but if you are like, I don't like spaghetti and meatballs. Or I don't like garlic. I don't like onions. I don't like tomatoes. You know, that kind of thing. I feel like usually the people who are picky eaters don't like eating things that have any sort of vegetables in them. And that for me is a deal breaker. Also, not liking garlic deal breaker. Yes. That specifically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a weird one to me. I'm like, most foods have garlic. Like when you cook, everyone cooks with garlic. Again, season your food. As Emily preaches. There should be garlic in every kitchen. True. At all yes. times. Yes. <laughs> for any meal. You never know if you're going to need it to make hash browns yeah, for breakfast. Oh, or like for lunch. You really, once you get past breakfast, it's like good to the go. opportunity to use garlic, endless. Yeah, like you have to use it. Yeah. Or for those conspiracy theorists out there, you might get <laughs> ward off a vampire someday. <laughs> Oh, uh, we knew you'd come back to that. Oh yeah. I, as soon as he's like garlic, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Opportunity. Uh no, I don't believe in vampires. I'm not that crazy. Uh all right, moving on to sports and dating <laughs> as they intersect. Uh some questions. If someone hates sports, we all really enjoy sports. If someone hates sports, is that going to be a big problem for your relationship? I think it is. Um, and I think it goes back to kind of like the whole, is your hobby a personality? I mean, sports, I'd like to think that my personality is not defended <laughs> by sports, but I do know that I'm very interested in it. And, you know, there are others that aren't as interested in it. And so losing something that like, I'm very passionate about and and love to enjoy, you know, enjoy playing, enjoy watching, not being able to share that I think is probably a downfall. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's a deal breaker. It depends. I I guess it would kind of depend on, you know, what other, no, you know, it's a deal breaker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess we're out of that section now. Sorry, but uh, yeah. At the end of the day, these questions are all really red flag or deal breakers. Uh, yeah, if if they will never go watch a game with me somewhere, or if you know 
you're sitting at your apartment and you want to watch a game, they're like, oh, can we watch something else? I'm, that's a problem. I don't want to be made to feel guilty for wanting to watch sports. I feel like there are enough people out there who would enjoy watching sports with me that I don't want to date someone who will make, like, make me feel guilty about wanting to watch sports or go to games. So I feel as long, like, if they don't like sports, I'm okay with that. I'm like, okay, you don't like sports. It's if they, again, it's, I sound like very selfish, but if they're like willing to be like, okay, I know on Saturdays in the fall, you're going to watch college football. Um, can we not spend like all day, literally every Saturday watching college football? Like I would, I'd be like, okay. But if they understood, like there's probably one or two games that I want to watch throughout the day. And they're like, I will sit here or I will, not stop you from watching football they'll be accommodating and if like we want to go out and like get food we go somewhere with tvs like i think if there's that like healthy give and take if they don't like sports it's fine it's when they have like that not great attitude where they're like oh can we watch something else so um true it's not it's not the end of the world but it is better if they like sports because then they also enjoy like you are enjoying this activity together Mm compromise so what if they are a fan of your favorite team's arch rival so for example emily jarenka and i and uh, you know emily cornell to a certain extent are are uh, big gonzaga basketball fans <laughs> i've given you a title now welcome to the it. team <laughs> Um, I was thinking about this today. I don't think there is any way I would ever be able to date someone who was a St. Mary's Gales fan. Yeah, or BYU. St. Mary's for me is worse because BYU, at least for basketball, BYU, they've always since I'm going to get on the soapbox here a little bit. BYU never should have left the Mountain West since they joined the WCC. They have never finished higher than third. And the whole point was they're going to be competitive. They're going to challenge Gonzaga every year. And it has happened like once or twice. And they've never finished higher than Gonzaga or St. Mary's. Um, So for me, St. Mary's is a big arrival. I can't stand them. I like watching their players once they make it into the NBA because they don't play for St. Mary's anymore. But I don't think I could ever date someone or that was a fan of St. Mary's. Yeah. I don't know if I could date someone who went to school at St. Mary's either. Like, even if they didn't really like care about sports that much, I would just feel, it would just be a whole talking point. It would always be like, Oh, you're mm. you know, dating this person. Or if you get married, like, Oh, the rivalry or whatever. And it would just get kind of annoying. I feel like and <laughs> on the team, I would rather date a 49ers fan than a Patriots fan. Mm. I'm the opposite. <laughs> So I I don't know. I, I think it to me it matters somewhat, but it's low on the totem pole of priorities. Since I've already clearly said there's so many things that I'm out on. <laughs> <laughs> I th- so Wyoming's rival is the Colorado State Rams. Mm-hmm. And probably when I was like living in Colorado, I was very anti-CSU. But now I'm like, ah, we can support the Mountain West together. And Wyoming is, like, better than CSU. So, like, I'm good with it. 
I'm like, fine. Wyoming's forever going to be better than CSU. They'll have to live with that. Yeah. That's got to be hard knowing that like second best your partners. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Like you're the first loser. That's right. It's fine. That makes me think in uh to all the boys I've loved before where he's like, you are never second best. Oh, great movie. <laughs> no, that's not Such a good movie. movie. Yeah. I thought maybe I was getting it mixed up with another Noah Centineo movie. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is from that movie. Uh, yeah. Go pokes. <laughs> go pokes. Powder river. They are bull eligible. They are, there you go. The CU buffs can say, um, all right, moving on. <laughs> uh, we have too many CEO people that listen to this. We can't can't the focus on that for too long. Um, all right, so question for you, I guess, Colin. Is being a woman who likes sports a pro for guys, threatening to guys, or does it not matter at all? From, like, your friends' perspectives and stuff, what would you say is the answer to that question? So I guess if we're going based off my friends, a lot of my friends do like watching sports and playing sports. So I'm going to assume that the guy is also interested in sports. Um, I think it's a pro. Um, It absolutely drives me crazy when girls pretend to be completely idiotic during sporting events. Like, oh, who has the ball? Uh, (laughs) Stuff like that. I'm going to just... Or like, who's, who's in the lead? That's another question that always gets me. Like if you, if you're watching a game on TV, I could, I could maybe understand it if you're there in person, but also, I mean, just read like kind of the arena, you know, it seems like most of the time, if you just looked around, you could kind of tell who was up. But, uh, if you're at home watching the game on TV, there's a scoreboard. It's essentially color coded. (laughs) <laughs> like, as long as you're not colorblind, you should be able to tell who's up. If you're colorblind, you know, that's a different story. But, um, I, so I think it's a pro and, uh, because I, I think it, you know, it's one of my interests. And so being able to talk about that with the person you're dating is great. But I do know that there are guys out there that do feel threatened when women have all the, you know, have educated sports opinions because they're like, oh, that's not your place or whatever their justification is. But <laughs> so <laughs> there are a lot of, there are guys out there that do feel that way, um, which is a major bummer. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, it doesn't matter. As long as you're informed, then that's all that matters. Uh, and so, uh, but I, I mean, I don't think, I think the only way you would be able to remain neutral on a question like this is if you yourself were neutral when it came to sports. Yeah. Okay. If you don't care about sports, you're not going to care about this. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Those are all good points. I just wanted to get a guy's perspective because everyone has a different opinion on that. What's both of your perspective on if the person you're seeing is, their favorite sport is one that you hate to watch. So they're like, let's watch every single baseball game on TV. <laughs> baseball games are really fun to go to, but to like watch every game on TV and that's their favorite thing to do <laughs> and you hate it. Like, how do you navigate that? That's Colin, tough. You can take this one. <laughs> um, I mean, my only, I guess the only potential silver lining here is maybe your favorite sport is one that they hate. 
so you can work out a, <laughs> you can work out a little compromise you know like we'll watch this for an hour if we can watch this for an hour type of thing or something like that but that's uh that's a tough situation because then it's like you feel and then it's it's almost worse than if they weren't interested in sports at all because then you feel like you know <laughs> I like sports a lot and i hate this one like and they like sports a lot and they love this one and hate my favorite sport. Like that's, you're almost at odds over your shared interest, (laughs) (laughs) which is, it's like a catch 22. (laughs) Yeah. If someone was a huge Rockies fan and needed to watch, they made a point of watching every single Rockies game on TV. I would be out. Uh, I think, Oh, soccer also. Uh, Ooh, dang. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like I dislike watching sports on TV that a lot of people like. I could not, I couldn't date someone who wanted to watch every single Arsenal game because that also means they're That's up, a good soccer match. Odd hours. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't date someone who wanted to watch every single Rockies game. And I also don't think I could date someone who wanted to watch their favorite hockey teams every single game i think that would be more of a red flag for me i just find it it's i think games are super fun to go to but i don't know enough about the sport in terms of uh like the mechanics and all the different skills that go into it to even the rules for enough. hockey well the rules yeah also yeah it's... Uh, whereas with basketball i'm like oh that was an awesome dunk or that was a great pass or great defensive play i appreciate those things because i understand them somewhat and i notice them uh, i don't i'm not the same with hockey baseball or soccer so soccer. that's my reasoning for that <laughs> i feel like there are a few sports that i don't like i really don't like anything that's like boxing or mma (laughs) because i'm like you're gonna get a concussion and then you're gonna go home and beat your wife so like that's where my head's at during that so i don't really like that that's another red good red fine deal breaker is they're super into mma (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like why why do you want to watch people like beat up on each other like in such a violent way and so like I think and that's one that i can't even like find a way to be like let's like get into this and like drink like so i'm now thinking of like the kentucky derby that like every year it comes around and every year i don't know what's going on but we have drinks so it's fine (laughs) and so like for me if i just don't like the sport i'll find something else to do when it's like i'll be like ah now is the time that i will be streaming an arsenal game on my phone it's fine so yeah if it if they really just love like mma and they have to watch it all i'd have to be like no because literally these guys get are like probably getting cte and probably going home and beating their wives like i can't support this yeah that's fair (laughs) and this kind of applies to you emily well it definitely applies to you and colin i don't know if this happens to you it might like guys like to mansplain to each other and watching it is very amusing yeah. but um emily you like you work in sports and so i assume plenty of men mansplain the sports to you yeah i mean even in the workplace there has been in the past like situations where you know that a guy is trying to make it seem like you don't know what you're talking about or that they know more than you do uh 
I'm sure that happens in every workplace, but I think in the sports industry, it's more prevalent. I don't know. There have been times in the past where guys will talk to each other at work about sports, but they won't talk to you about sports. And then you kind of chime in and then you're part of the conversation, but they never initiate conversation with you about sports. stuff beyond just the business of sports you know like work stuff they'll be like oh did you see so and so it got traded or look at like this great deal the seahawks signed or whatever you know and they never they'll never like say that to you it's to another guy i've definitely experienced that a lot which has been frustrating i guess so if someone like the best guys i've ever known friends whatever none of them do that kind of stuff yeah. I would never want to date someone who was like that. That's like yeah. one of my f- most firm deal breakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's like a condescending thing. If they talk to you like that about anything or leave you out of conversations where you have a common interest, but maybe it's not something that's super girly, that's definitely a red flag to me. It's just yeah. kind of like yeah. a power dynamic thing and a respect thing, I feel like. Yeah. I think, I mean, if that happens, regardless if it's like a guy to another, a guy to a girl or a guy to another guy, it just always tells me that they think that they're smarter than me, regardless, you know, if that might be true or not, because they, they feel like they've got all the knowledge on that topic. And regardless of what you have to say, what they have to say is, one more important and two more accurate. And I mean, I don't need to tell you guys, but that's probably (laughs) not always the case. Yeah. There was one time in a past job where a supervisor said something about a Raiders player and how he was thinking about drafting him on his fantasy team. And I was like, Oh, he's out for the year. He's injured. And the guy, the supervisor was like, oh no. And I, so then I started questioning myself and then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, he's out for a year. Like just stuff like that. Um, kind of that gaslighting thing. is just not, never a good situation mm-hmm. to be in. Where it's like, no, I no. was right. But you like have made me feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm sure that happens a lot for like women who work in sport, like across the board, whether they're doing like marketing, community outreach, and then like, um, like journalists or anyone who's like doing any type of media coverage of sports. A lot of women, you know, are photographers, they're journalists, they're out there like doing media relations. And I'm sure like plenty of, and like, it doesn't really matter where in the, the organization some guys sit like they're likely to be like oh like I don't have time for you or like what you're asking is not like worthy of my time even though it's the exact same like media relations is media relations is media Mm -hmm. relations right like it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman doing it like it coaches should be treating them the same way um players should be treating them the same way and yet it's like you can see that that is not yeah like it's just not happening and i'm sure that that then that it has to impact other areas of life when people are 
not responding appropriately in like that environment in sports and then like you turn around and like people are still going to like kind of they're going to model their behaviors after what they see and they're like oh yeah no we can talk to like our woman who's doing media relations like this and i'm sure it just like goes down a spiral yeah and i mean a comment a lot of people make about women who work in sports but specifically kind of you know the pr marketing side of things i guess is oh well you know they're in it because they like look out on camera or you know they're pretty so like clients like to work with them and stuff and that is just so bad yeah, uh, yeah. There, i mean there are people who assume those kind of things there is also merit to their work <laughs> Uh, oh yeah like so many of them are working so hard and so then to hear like guys be like oh well she like looks really good so i want to listen to her instead of and i'm like like it doesn't matter and they're like no like she takes care of and i'm like wow we this whole conversation there's so many Mm -hmm. issues with it starting with oh she looks really good like she's not there to look good she's there to do her job Mm -hmm. someone were to say that i'd be like doris burke is the goat you can leave. Amen. <laughs> yeah. It's about how yeah. good you are at your job. It has nothing to do with your age or your looks. That's how it should be. That's right. Uh, but, you know, there's progress that could be made in those areas, and hopefully it will continue to be getting made, to continue to be made. There you go. I mean, we can only hope there's been more women in more diverse roles, and so hopefully it continues to be like that in sports. Um, so then there's not like maybe fewer guys will feel like they should mansplain sports to like women that mm. they're hitting on. Like I would assume if they don't feel like they should do it to like journalists, reporters, they'll be like, oh, yeah, not only do they know what they're doing, but like other women know what's going on in sports. Big facts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still using some of our interns lingo. God, I hate that I just said lingo. Uh, Adam. How old are you? <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to make a Twitter reference to show that I'm not super old. Uh, go follow Sports and Quirks on Twitter. It's at Sports Quirks. Uh, it's a good way to get a hold of us. We don't tweet too much, so it's not a nuisance, but it's just enough sprinkling of tweets to keep you interested. We we tweet about the news sometimes. Sometimes we stick to sports. <laughs> And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just tweet about random True. stuff. It's fun. Um, I do want to plug some Tailgate Society articles. Um, there's the AEW Dynamite articles, um, tailgating menus every week, and then sports betting. I don't understand Colin betting. is your favorite <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Those are these articles. I might have to check them out. I haven't yet, but I'll get to it. You definitely should. Every week, I think they do it. And then the Tailgate Society does like a a betting thing every week where like if you are correct, I really oh, it's don't like, understand Is it a betting. contest? It's, it's so bad. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And like for college football. So then like you get a, a sticker if you win. Okay. So um, be following the Tailgate Society on Twitter so you yeah. are aware of that. And then um, other Tailgate Society pods like crossing the aisle drunk dialing stuff and things um all great stuff uh, i think crossing the aisle is like the one that is not sports yeah. that i just mentioned it 100 is not sports but um they definitely are covering all the political things happening and 
as anyone who lives in this country and reads the news knows, uh, lots of things are happening. And even if you don't live in this country, um, lots of things are happening in U.S. politics, in U.K. politics. So give Crossing in the Aisle a listen. That's what I've got for plugs this week. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Uh, thank you for being our guest, Colin. And we yes. will be back next week with a more traditional episode again. Emily and Emily, sports and courts.